As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. All right, everyone, we are back. And when I say we, I mean I. I am back. Uh, it is only me, Dylan. Uh, there's no Pat. There's no Ed. Uh, it's just me today. So I'm going to run this show how I want. And uh, everyone just kind of has to deal with it. Uh, so for today's episode, uh, we're going to be talking about the release of our machine learning model. In our last episode, I interviewed my buddy Ed, who I who helped uh, develop this model. And today we're actually going to get some uh, predictions from it and see if we agree with them. So before we start with that, as always, we're going to start off with a question of the day. And it's a question I'm going to ask myself because these are just some bets I've been looking at for the past few days and some of the things I, I'm going to take a shot on. So uh, the question of the day is who's going to win these NFL season awards? So the awards being comeback player of the year, the defensive rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, and of course, MVP. Um, so we're going to start with the comeback player of the year. And I'm going to do a really slick transition so you guys can see my screen as well. And if you're watching on YouTube, uh, it was very nice. So please go on YouTube at Sleeping With The Numbers and check out my smooth transition to my uh, screen recording. <laughs> so here uh, we are checking out the Comeback Player of the Year odds. Uh, as we can see, Dak is at plus 200, which is uh, by far the massive favorite. And I honestly think it is his to lose. Um, the odds are juice to say that at plus 200. Um, as long as Dak stays healthy, honestly, this is a lock for him as a comeback player of the year. Now, for all of these picks, um, I do want to talk about a dark horse and maybe a, a, a bet I would throw on all of these just as a shot in the dark. And and maybe they hit. Who knows? Uh, but for this one, I am choosing Dak as the overall winner. But for my dark horse pick, um, I was a little torn, but I, I went with Sam Darnold. So Sam is finally free from the Adam Gase prison and is now on a team with a great amount of weapons at his disposal. Disposal, And we, we've seen it before, right? Adam Gase is a black hole. He sucks in players and he makes them way worse than they actually are. We've seen it with quite a few players. For Miami, uh, Ryan Tannehill escaped, went to uh, Tennessee, became relevant in a top NFL quarterback in my mind, maybe not for fantasy, but he is a fantastic real life quarterback. Now, also for Miami, and maybe this was a little more with uh, Fitzpatrick helping, but uh, Devontae Parker became very relevant. Kenyon Drake, when he left, became relevant for a bit. Um, so I, I do not think it is that much of a stretch to see Sam Darnold uh, picking up in terms of production on a new team and of course away from Adam Gase. So Sam Darnold, as we can see here is at plus 1800. So for every hundred dollars you bet, you're going to win 1800. And that is a solid bet that I'm, I am willing to take a shot on. Uh, now I almost went with his teammate, Christian McCaffrey, who of course us fantasy players know uh, all too well that he was injured uh, pretty much all of last season. Now, he, his odds are at plus 800, not as nice as Sam Darnold's, but um, not terrible either. So for me, my dark horse pick is going to be Sam Darnold. Moving on to defensive rookie of the year, we can see Micah Parsons here at plus 450 as the favorite. 
Uh, behind him, Jalen Phillips at plus 800, Jermaine Davis at plus 900. Uh, and I, I hate to do it, but I, I am going to pick the favorite here again. I mean, I have my, my Penn State shirt on here. I, I kind of got to take Micah Parsons here at plus 450. Um, I think this is the most likely likely result, and I really don't want to place my bets elsewhere. Um, he's in a division, as we all know, that's near the bottom of the well. You know, he's going to be playing the Giants, who have the worst offensive line in the league. Uh, they play Carolina, who also has a bad offensive line. And then, of course, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, who are not a fantastic team. So I can see him and Demarcus Lawrence getting in there and causing some disruption for these quarterbacks. And I, I think he's an easy pick for me at plus 450. Now, uh, for my dark, dark horse here, I'm going to take Jermaine Davis. He's not as big of a of an underdog as some of the other uh, picks here, but he's one I, I like a lot. So same arguments about division and everything can be that can be made for Micah can be made for Davis here as well. But the big difference here is I think he's on a much better defense. Uh, the Washington defense is an overall better unit and likely a top three defense up there with, with the Steelers and, and uh, probably Baltimore, some other teams. Um, but I'm looking for Davis and Chase to also cause some chaos this season together, uh, much like Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence might be doing. So Micah Parsons is going to be my pick for Defensive Rookie of the Year with Jermaine Davis as my dark horse. Scrolling down, go to Offensive Player of the Year. Now, obviously, the top quarterbacks are always going to be the favorite in this category. And that makes sense because looking at the history, uh, it is usually a quarterback or a running back that wins this award. The last wide receiver to win Offensive Rookie of the Year was Odell Beckham Jr. back in 2014. So to me, that kind of doesn't prove that this award is very important in determining how a player's career is going to go. And honestly, it kind of looks like it might be a negative indicator of where they go. So looking at this horrible stretch of winners from 2012 to 2015, you got RG3, gone. Eddie Lacy, gone. Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, he's still playing, but what has he really done since he's left New York? So that's a downward trend for me. Todd Gurley, pretty much gone. So it is interesting how these offensive rookies kind of just disappear years later. And uh, hopefully that doesn't happen with Justin Herbert, who won last year with Justin Jefferson getting the only other votes for this uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year award. Now, it, it's probably going to be one of these first round quarterbacks, but Trevor Lawrence is too easy of a pick for me. And honestly, I'm worried about him. I think Urban Meyer is an overrated coach, and he honestly should not be coaching in the NFL. I've always said that Ohio State quarterbacks never really fare well in the NFL, and I think Urban is kind of a big part of that, and I hope he does not ruin Trevor. Um, however, like I said, this is probably going to go to one of the first-round quarterbacks, and I'm going to put my money on a quarterback and a coach that doesn't ruin his quarterbacks, and that is going to be Mac Jones and uh, really Bill Belichick in, in taking him to the end to get this award. Um, I liked Mac Jones to begin with when he got drafted by New England. That's where I had him going. I think that's the perfect spot for him to be. And I like him even more now with Cam Newton out of the way. The team overall is going to be better without Cam Newton because they're not going to feel obligated to uh, keep Cam under center and let him run the ball into the end zone as often as he probably would have. And also Bill and Mac sounds like an 80s movie title. And that's enough for me to make this pick as a 
for offensive rookie of the year and his odds are at plus 500. Um, now my dark horse here, it is going to be a Homer pick, but also one that I can see hitting, uh, but it's going to be Najee Harris. He is the best running back. The Steelers have had since really Le'Veon bell. And it's kind of easy to argue that he's even more talented than bill bell was back then. Uh, I see Najee as basically a Derrick Henry who can catch the ball. Uh, so he's an easy choice here for me to at least throw a bet on for offensive rookie of the year. Now, our the Seawars offensive line is not nearly the best. I actually think we're ranked second worst, but his skill set is just so incredible. And he is absolutely an amazing, talented individual. So I will easily take a wager on him here at plus 1000 odds. Now, getting into the more veteran of the awards, uh, the defensive player of the year. Now, this award is a, usually a bit more close in voting than like the MVP is where MVPs are usually pretty clear cut in terms of voting. So uh, last year, Aaron Darnold won with 54% of the votes with TJ Watt behind him at 40%. So this was way closer than than most of these awards are. Uh, Darnold has won three of the last five times and I honestly deserved, uh, but it is mostly a defensive lineman or linebacker who wins this award. Now, Stephen Gilmore won as a cornerback in 2019, but he was the first quarterback to win that award since 2009. And the last player in the secondary to win was Troy Polamalu in 2010. So uh, if you're going to take a bet on these players, uh, it's best to place your money on one of these defensive linemen or linebackers. So the odds for Darnold, as again, the clear favorite, is at plus 500, Miles Garrett at plus 550, Chase Young at plus 800, TJ Watt at plus 800. And that's where I'm throwing my money. I am putting my money on TJ Watt to win Defensive Player of the Year. Now, as of this recording, there's still some contract dispute going on between him him and the Steelers, but I hope it's not too easy to say this or too early to say this, but... I don't see him leaving Pittsburgh. It We're going to extend him. He is such a key part of this team. And with how basically an end of an era is coming for the Steelers on the offensive side of the ball, Ben left, Pouncey retired, Villanueva left, um, Juju might be gone next year. It might be Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson next year. Uh, Najee is a new face of the backfield. So it, Things changes are coming for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I don't think TJ Watt is going to be one of those. He's going to get a great contract, probably going to make him the highest paid uh, linebacker or even defensive player in the league. He is a bulldozer of a man, and I believe he gets this contract extension and he's going to lead himself to a defensive player of the year award. Now, my dark horse pick here is similar to my defensive rookie of the year pick. Uh, so with Micah Parsons, I like I said, I think him and Demarcus Lawrence are going to cause some disruption. Um, and Demarcus Lawrence has some really fun odds at, at plus 5,000. So it is a big long shot, but I think it can pay off. And again, same arguments as, as Micah here. Terrible defense last year. I think they really improved. And as long as everyone stays healthy, there is not a reason they can't turn themselves around. Now, maybe they won't be a top tier defense, but they will definitely be better than what they were last year. So again, their schedule is amazing. The NFC East, not a great division, uh, horrible offensive lines they are going to play against. 
They're even going to play against the Carolina Panthers, who had the third worst offensive line. They also have games against the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Falcons. So even with maybe a middle-of-the-pack to low-tier defense, uh, they should eat (laughs) against these teams, honestly. Um, So the pressure they're going to get, DeMarcus and Micah, is going to be a really fun duo to watch this year. So plus 5,000 odds, DeMarcus Lawrence. I will absolutely take a shot on that for my Dark Horse Defensive Player of the Year. Moving to the other side of the ball. So Offensive Player of the Year is kind of like the MVP award light. It's It might be more like a second place award than to the MVP, as the MVP is pretty much almost always a uh, offensive player. So the best choice here for these bets is going to be a, to pick a quarterback or a running back. Now, Michael Thomas won it as a wide receiver in 2019, but he was the first wide receiver since Jerry Rice uh, in the year I was born, 1993. So it is difficult for a wide receiver to take this award. Not impossible, as we've seen. Uh, honestly, Devontae Adams might be a, a solid pick here. Um, but you you kind of have to go with a quarterback or a running back here just because of stats. So uh, the most likely outcome is going to be a quarterback or a running back. Last year, it was Derrick Henry. He got 64% of the votes. Mahomes got 10%. Aaron Rodgers, who did win the MVP, got 10%. And Josh Allen was 6%. Travis Kelsey was 6%. And Alvin Kamara was 4% of the votes. And looking at this, uh, Mahomes is the favorite currently at plus 650. So he only had 10% of the votes last year, but he is the favorite this year, which is a little interesting with Derrick Henry behind him at plus 700 odds. There's not been a repeat since Marshall Falk, and he actually did it three times in a row in 1999, 2000, and 2001. So uh, it's been difficult for these players to repeat it. Um, But I am going to put my money on Derrick Henry to repeat it. Uh, he's an unstoppable human being. Uh, it's like trying to tackle a freight train when he gets his legs moving and that stiff arm is second to none. He's going to be part of an overall better offense. Now, maybe he doesn't get as much work as he did last year because they're not going to have to rely on him as much with, um, the wide receivers of a second year, AJ Brown and a newly added Julio Jones, who is going to, he's going to demand the ball and that's going to leave these defensive uh, units guessing where the ball is going to go. Cause last year it was kind of easy to be like, okay, Derek's going to get the ball. Derek's going to get the ball cover Derek. And it really didn't matter (laughs) because he's incredibly difficult to tackle, but now they're going to have to guess where the ball's going. And that only gives Henry more of an opportunity um, to become the offensive player of the year for the second straight year. Uh, so that is where I'm going to take my pick at that plus 700 odds. Christian McCaffrey is a fun pick as well at plus a thousand odds. Um, not going to be who I'm choosing. Like, like I said, but if he's of course the number one pick in fantasy and everything, but I'm worried about the health. I think he can do it if he stays healthy the whole way through. Um, like I even said, you know, he's probably a good candidate for uh, comeback player of the year, but that health is a, a little scary and I, I won't be taking that bet. So for the dark horse, uh, I'm going to choose Stefan Diggs. I already like how Josh Allen is 
performing and he got a big bag of money. So maybe that incentivizes him a bit more to play even better, which is tough to do because he had a fantastic season last year. I expect the Bills as a whole to be a good team. And I think they're going to make a deep playoff run. I stated how I expect them to make it to the, uh, to the Super Bowl. And this playoff run is going to be solely based on how Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs perform. They are really the two key points of that team. It's Allen and Diggs. They don't really have a run game. They don't really have anyone else to pass to. There's Emmanuel Sanders there, Cole Beasley, who knows what the hell he's doing. Um, Gabriel Davis. It, it's just, it, it's digs or no one in my mind um, in terms of fantasy and in terms of real life football. So I think Diggs is going to show off this year. Uh, he's he's going to be a, a fantastic player to watch uh, work with Josh Allen. So Diggs is here at plus 2000 odds. And honestly, I think he is a fantastic long shot bet for offensive player of the year. And for the final award, the biggest award, the MVP award for the season, uh, you have to pick a QB. You almost have to pick a quarterback for this award. It has not been anything else since 2012 when Adrian Peterson won. And then again, it wasn't uh, anything else since 2006 with Lindanian Tomlinson. So you got to pick a quarterback here. I know it's not really as fun, but you got to pick a quarterback. Uh, Mahomes here as the clear favorite at plus 450 with last year's winner Aaron Rodgers at plus 1,000. So that is a little shocking to me. So um, last year, looking at the voting, Mahomes only got 4% of the vote uh, behind Rodgers and Josh Allen. So at these odds, I would already take Aaron Rodgers over Mahomes simply because of the odds, maybe not based on what I'm predicting or anything, even though I am predicting Aaron Rodgers to go kind of scorched earth and this is going to be Rodgers' last dance, maybe even Devontae Adams' last dance in, in Green Bay. So I think they're just going to go hard in Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers is going to show off. So if you want to take Rodgers at plus 1,000, I think that is an absolute fine bet. But... That's not the one I'm going to go with. I'm going to take the other guy at plus 1,000 odds in Josh Allen. Now, I already talked about Stefan Diggs. I already touched on the uh, Buffalo offense and how I think they're going to make a deep run in the playoffs to the Super Bowl. Um, he got the second most votes behind Aaron Rodgers last year for the MVP award and had more votes than Mahomes did. So the ordering of these odds is is interesting, but of course, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a crowd favorite. So, of course, the money is going to come in his direction. So, I already have the Bills beating Kansas City in the AFC Championship. So, why not have Josh Allen here beating out Patrick Mahomes for the MVP? And then, finally, for my Dark Horse MVP pick, I'm going to take another Tennessee Titan, uh, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, The Titans should win their division and make it to the playoffs. Henry, we already said, monster of a player in his own right, but they added Julio Jones, and that gives a new face to the pass game, uh, so, and it can give Tannehill kind of that extra bump, that extra step to to make him an even more productive quarterback. Now, they're obviously going to be a run-first team, and that's fine, but there's more options here for Ryan Tannehill to look great, uh, and those plus 2,500 odds means it's it's worth a shot in my book to to take this bet. So Dark Horse, 
Ryan Tannehill for MVP. All right, now let's get into the meat of this episode, which is the machine learning model picks. Uh, we had Ed on in the last episode. We talked about how the model was constructed, um, how we think it will perform, how the back testing did. And now we we actually have some results for this week. And there's there's a there's some fun ones in here. So we're going to go through each matchup for week one, talk about the model picks, and I'm going to kind of give my thoughts on how it picked and if I would actually take these bets. So let's get into the first game, the first game of the season, our first Thursday night football game, which is always the Super Bowl winner. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on the Dallas Cowboys at home. And the current spread is minus eight in favor of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Their money line is at minus 380 with the Dallas Cowboys at plus 290 with an over under of 52 points. Now we go and we check out the model's picks and the model has... Tampa Bay winning the game. I agree with that. That is who I would expect to win this game. Tampa Bay is a much better team than the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we talked about, I, I do like the Cowboys this year. If everyone stays healthy, I think they're an okay team. I think they'll win their division, but against Tampa Bay, they do not look great. Um, so that is who I would pick to win the game. However, I would not take this bet simply because of the juice on the money line odds. So I would never take any team to win at minus 380. The return and what you bet simply isn't worth it. I think it's a correct pick to go with Tampa Bay, but I would never take it. The risk is not worth the reward. Now, the current spread is at uh, minus eight for Tampa Bay. And actually, when we made these bets, uh, we had Tampa Bay at minus seven and a half. And that is actually what the model picked as well, is Tampa Bay minus seven and a half. Um, I can see this game being close, but overall, I think Tampa Bay's one offensive firepower is pretty difficult to stop. You have uh, Mike Evans, you have Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, and of course, the the key player there, Tom Brady, who brings it all together. So I think they're going to be a little difficult to stop. I don't think Dallas's um, secondary or cornerbacks are, are that big of a threat, especially when there's so many places they can go with the ball. Um, I do think they'll be able to get some pressure on Tom Brady with Micah and Demarcus, like I, I, I spoke about at the beginning of this episode. Um, but it is going to be difficult to stop that offense. Now, on, on the flip side of the ball, I like Dallas's offense a lot, actually, especially in terms of fantasy. C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Zeke, Dak. But Tampa Bay's defense is quite good. Uh, they're probably in that top three, top four range in terms of defenses. You got Devin White there, who is just a, a killer of a linebacker. And the whole unit is, is tough to beat. So that seven and a half line. Um, I think it'll be close, but that is a bet I am willing to take. So for the over-under pick, uh, we are currently at a line of 52 points. The model has an over of 52 points. Um, again, I would take this. I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game between Tampa and Dallas. Like I said, uh, two offenses I enjoy. I think it's going to be a little bit tougher for Dallas to score than it will be for Tampa Bay. Obviously, that's why I'm willing to take that 7.5-point spread. Um, but it's the first game back. I and we see this quite a bit in week one games where um, 
we're still getting our bearings set. These teams are still getting their bearings set and things might be a little sloppy uh, and some additional points may be scored when maybe they shouldn't be. So absolutely willing to take that uh, over under of 52. If we're looking at implied point totals, that gives an implied point total of 29.75. Now, of course, there's no fractional points, but 29.75 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and 22 and a quarter to Dallas. Now, that it seems very doable by these two teams. Uh, I actually think the 22.25 is a little low on, on the Dallas side. I, I know I said it's going to be difficult for them to score, but they're going to have to try to keep pace with Tampa Bay, who I expect quite a few points from. So just to go over game one for Thursday night football, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tampa Bay minus seven and a half and over 52. I'm going to take all three of those bets that the model is predicting. Moving on to our next game, we're going to have the Arizona Cardinals face off against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Titans are three-point favorites with their money line at minus 155, leaving Arizona as the underdogs at plus 135 and an over-under of 52 points. Checking out the model, model has a money line for the Tennessee Titans, and absolutely, I, I agree with that statement. I think they have a stronger defense, maybe not as... Uh, fast paced of an offense, but I think their defense, sadly, will be able to shut down Kyler a bit, even though I got Kyler on some fantasy teams. So I really don't hope that uh, that happens. But yes, I will take the Tennessee money line at minus 155. That That's a solid bet for a team I expect to have a fantastic season. Now for the spread, however, the model is predicting a closer game. Uh, than the other one. So the spread, they're actually going to take Arizona plus three. So Tennessee for the money line, but Arizona plus three for the spread. Again, I spot on with that. I think it will be a fast pace, close game. I think they're going to trade touchdowns, trade points over and over until the line. But I ultimately think that uh, Tennessee is going to get that W. Now, for the final bet, we also have a 52-point over-under, and the model is taking the over here. I'm going to give a little uh, spoiler alert here. The model really likes the over this week. There are only two games it did not pick the over for. So we're going to go with the over here again at 52 points. Again, going back to the implied point totals, we're going to have 27.5 for Tennessee, 24.5 for for Arizona. And yes, I, I think that's... Completely in the realm of possibilities. I even they might even both break 30 points and and get the 60. So I will take the over 52 points. I will take the Arizona plus three and I will take the Tennessee money line. I think those are all three good picks for the model. So I'm happy with this so far. Um, The only bet we're not taking at the moment is uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers money line. But that's really more based on the odds than anything else. For the next game, we have, oh boy, this is the Houston Texans against the Jacksonville Jaguars, two high caliber teams. It's, it's, it's going to be a mess to watch, but it'll be a fun one. Uh, Currently, the Jacksonville Jaguars are the favorites by three points, uh, putting that at a minus 145 money line and the Houston Texans at a plus 125 uh, money line to win. Uh, leaving the over-under at 44 and a half points. So this is a very low scoring game. And I think that is 
absolutely fair. It is not the lowest scoring scoring game on the on the slate, but it is one of the lower ones. Now, looking at the model picks, I I like this a lot actually. Um, I know it's really easy to pick on the Houston Texans right now because I mean, what players do they have? Um, but honestly, kind of the same can be said for Jacksonville. Uh, we all know they have Trevor Lawrence, who is a rookie quarterback coming in. Uh, they were going to have Travis Etienne, who's out for the season. Now it's James Robinson, who I, I think is a definite solid running back. Uh, I, we picked him up on a couple fantasy teams. I had him on my team last year. So I think that's fine. It, it's in the wide receivers that for both teams are, are a little uh, uh, sad. <laughs> I guess this is going to be the term I'm going to use. But uh, so model is taking Houston for the money line at plus 125. I think that is a fine bet. Now, I can absolutely see both sides of this coin. Um, I can see Jacksonville winning. I can see Houston winning. But if you're going to take a bet and it's a it's a coin flip, take the underdog just because of the plus odds. You're going to get more bang for your buck. So I'm going to take that Houston Texans money line at plus 125. Now, because we're taking the money line and Houston's the underdog, that obviously means we're going to take the Houston spread as well. Houston plus three. Uh, going to the over under, uh, like I said before, it really likes the over. So the over is going to be 44 and a half implied point total of 19 and a quarter for Houston and 22 and a quarter for Jacksonville. Uh, the reason why I would go with this over is not based on the offenses, but more so the defenses, because I don't think either one of them are that great. So I think it's going to be a free for all. Um, and I could see a decent amount of points scored in this game. So I'll take that as well. Uh, this is going to be another one across the board where I'm going to take the money line. I'm going to take the spread and I'm going to take the over under. So the next matchup we have is one I'm actually really excited to see, uh, not just for real football, but for fantasy as well. I have uh, players on both of these teams. So we got the Los Angeles Chargers against the Washington football team. Currently, the Chargers are a minus one favorite against the football team, and they have money lines. Of, they have money line odds of minus one fifteen, while Washington has money line odds of minus one oh five. Uh, they have an over under of 44 and a half. So let's check out the uh, the the machine learning model picks here. So the model picked the Washington football team to win. And I am 100 percent on with that. They are the home team. They have the better defense. They got Fitzmagic. You know, they have. I really like the football team this year, and I kind of expect pretty big things from them. Uh, they got Ryan Fitzpatrick, like I said, under center now. Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson in his second year. So I really like the football team, and I would a thousand percent take this money line uh, for them to win this game. Now, again, if we're taking them for the money line and they're the underdogs, we obviously have to take them for the spread as well. So Washington plus one, easy to take that when you're taking them to win outright. And for the over-under, uh, over 44 and a half is going to be the model pick. We have an implied point total of 22 and a quarter for the chargers and 21 and a quarter for the football team. Um, I, I, hmm, that, that's an interesting one. Um, I think that is an over they can hit, 
but I don't think it's going to come how we expect. I think Washington might be able to hold the Chargers quite a bit in points. Um, but the Chargers have a really fun offense. Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, uh, Justin Herbert. So this is going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'll take this bet. It seems like I'm disagreeing with the model here, but we haven't really gotten to the fun picks yet. So I'm going to take it across the board. Moneyline Washington football team, Washington plus one over 44 and a half points. Next matchup we got here are the Minnesota Vikings going against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Vikings are minus three point favorites with a money line of minus 175 with the Bengals having a money line of plus 155. Now, the over-under for this game is 47.5 points, leaving an implied point total of 21 points for the Bengals and 24 points for the Vikings. Um, the model pick has the Vikings winning. I agree with that. I don't think there's a lot of discussion we need to have here. Cincinnati is still a team that is rebuilding. It's going to be Joe Burrow's hopefully first game back off the ACL tear. I don't know exactly how he's going to look. We've heard kind of discouraging things about Jamar Chase. Um, Joe Mixon, I think, should be the focal point here if uh, Burrow can't get it going. So I, I think that's fair. I think Minnesota to win the game with Dalvin, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I, I think that's a, a good pick there. So even though the model has the Minnesota Vikings winning the game, they still have Cincinnati plus three for the spread. Now, this is a little difficult for me. I don't think I would give them the plus three points here. And if I did, I don't think that would allow them to cover the spread. Um, this can easily be said it's because I'm a Steelers fan, but I'm also a football fan. And watching the Bengals has been a little difficult in recent years. Um, Joe Burrow coming off the ACL tear, like I said, I think that's going to be telling. If he doesn't look good, I don't think this offense looks good, and I don't think they score a lot of points, and they might uh, get ran on here with the complete opposite in terms of offense. They have uh, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, Dalvin Cook. I think the Vikings offense is just scary. Um, so I would actually probably not take this plus three spread. Um I just don't believe in the Cincinnati offense enough or Cincinnati as a team. However, I do believe in the over. So we got over 48 points here. Uh, well, over 48 when we took the bet. So over 47 and a half now. So if we're willing to take over 48, I'm willing to take over 47 and a half. Um, I think that's that's fair. I don't think either defense is that great. Um, I think most of the points are going to be scored on the Minnesota side of the ball, but this is also a pretty low um, over-under in my mind, giving the Bengals 21 points and Minnesota 24. That's easy enough to do. I will take this over. All right, next up, we got the Carolina Panthers versus the New York Jets. Um, this, I think, is was an easy pick for the model. Uh, so the Carolina Panthers are minus five and a half point favorites with a money line of minus 245, yikes, and a plus 205 money line for the New York Jets. They're over under, again, a little on the lower side at 45 points. Uh, the model picked Carolina to win. 
yeah, super easy, but this is a bet I won't take just because of that juice at minus 245. Um, not enough payback for me to want to take this money line. I, it, it, it takes a, a pretty low odds for, for me to take a money line bet. And when Carolina is kind of this favorite to win, I'm, I'm not going to screw with that. that. That's not a bet that's worth my money. So Carolina for the money line. Uh, we got Carolina minus five. Yeah, I think Carolina is going to go off on the New York Jets. Um, I really like Carolina and their weapons. They're bringing in Sam Darnold, a quarterback who I think deserves that second chance, uh, a player who I hope gets that comeback player of the year. He's away from Adam Gase. He has weapons. He has uh, Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. Their offense is fun, and I think they are just going to blow New York out of the water. Um, so Carolina minus five, lock that in. I think that that's an easy one. I, I wish the best for, uh, for Zach Wilson, but I just don't see them getting anything done here. And this is actually one of the few unders we have for the game. So the model thinks this is going to be, uh, even lower scoring game than 45 points, which is again, up a pretty low, um, over under in my mind. So it expects under 45 points, first under we've had here. Uh, so implied point totals are going to be 22 and a half for Carolina, 17 and a half for uh, the Jets. And yeah, that under, that's one I'll take. I think it's going to be pretty one-sided. I don't, I have a hard time seeing how the Jets are going to score. It might be all Corey Davis. And that isn't something I'm willing to bet on other than maybe 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 a Wilson Corey Davis stack for DFS. We'll see what I do Friday. Um, but yes, I'm taking all three of these across the line. Uh, but I'm I agree with the the money line pick. I'm just not going to take it because of the odds. So Carolina Panthers to win. Carolina minus five under 45 points. Lock it in. Our next matchup it's a matchup of birds. We got the Atlanta Falcons versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, currently, the Atlanta Falcons, the home team, are minus three-point favorites with a money line of minus 165, and the Eagles at a money line of plus 145. They have a slightly higher over-under than the ones we've seen so far at 48 points. Uh, going to the model, model has Atlanta winning. I think that's fair. Home team advantage we got here. Uh, I think Atlanta is a more powerful offense with Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, uh, bringing in Kyle Pitts. I like Matt Ryan over Jalen Hurts, or I hope they don't start Gardner Minshew. I don't see why they would ever do that. But Philadelphia, we saw them slow down last year, and I think that that trend kind of continues here. I, 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 don't, I do not have a lot of faith in the Philadelphia Eagles this year. So take that. Um, take that Atlanta Falcons money line at minus 165. That, that's pretty good for a money line. I, I don't mind that. Um, we'll also take the Atlanta spread of three and a half points. I, I can see this being one, a higher scoring game. So yep, we're going to take that over 48, but I think a lot of the points scored are going to go to the Atlanta players. I hope, uh, maybe a prop that we take is Kyle Pitts going to get his first touchdown. That, that might be a good one, but yeah, on, on the board with the Atlanta minus three and a half against the Philadelphia Eagles. And like I just said, I I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I don't think either defense is great. Um, I think it can go back and forth, 
but most of these points are going to be scored by the Atlanta Falcons, so I will take that over 48. Oh boy, okay. Next matchup, my home team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, take on the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo is currently a six and a half point favorite with a minus 280 money line. Steelers have a plus 230 money line, and they have a 48 and a half point over under. So I hate to see it. I'm going to destroy this model. I'm going to decommission it, but they have the Buffalo Bills winning. And I agree. I think Buffalo puts a number on, on Pittsburgh. I'm worried a little bit about our offensive line. I love Najee Harris. I like Deontay Johnson. I think Chase is going to be good. If Ben's arm is okay, I, th I think they can do well in putting up points. Um, but Buffalo is really, really good as well. Um, I talked about Josh Allen as the MVP for this year. I talked about Stefan Diggs for Offensive Player of the Year. I have the Buffalo Bills making it to the Super Bowl. I just hate they have to start it off by by beating up on, on my Pittsburgh Steelers. But money line for Buffalo Bills, I agree with that, but I would never take that bet. Not just because it's because against the Steelers, but uh, because it is a minus 280 odds. That is not enough return for me. However, the model does think Pittsburgh is going to stay in it. So good job, model. Uh, they are taking Pittsburgh at plus six and a half points. I will take that bet. I think that spread is good. I think a lot of faith has been lost in Pittsburgh, and I don't think that's deserved quite yet. You know, we'll see how these first uh, few weeks go, but I I don't see a reason why people are just so incredibly down on the Steelers this year. You know, a lot of people don't even have him making playoffs. I see crazy things like we're going to be last in the AFC North. That will not happen. I, I can guarantee you that. That's a bet I will put everything on. Uh, we'll probably be third. <laughs> but yes, I'll take the Pittsburgh Steelers at plus six and a half. And because I think it'll be a competitive game and so does the model, we're taking that over at 48 and a half points. So I believe this next game is going to be our biggest spread. There is actually one that ties it, but this, the game is going to be between the San Francisco 49ers and the Detroit Lions. Um, as probably everyone already knows, Detroit is probably the worst team in the NFL at the moment, uh, if it isn't Houston. And they're going up against San Francisco, who had a tough time last year, mostly due to injuries, but they're coming in healthy. Uh, for the most part, and I think the 49ers are going to beat on them pretty good. So the odds right now are 49ers as seven and a half point favorites, minus 360 uh, for the money line, giving the Detroit Lions a plus 280 money line. Uh, not a chance for touching that money line, even though I agree San Francisco will win, and that is who the model has uh, winning this game. However, they don't think they'll win it by seven and a half points. They have the model has taken Detroit at plus seven and a half. Um, <laughs> this one is a little difficult for me just because I don't know how Detroit is scoring points here. It would have to be in the hands of Hawkinson. It would have to be in the hands of Swift. Um, I really don't have that much faith in either of them. I think. For fantasy purposes, Hawkinson is going to be good because, I mean, 
who else is the ball going to be thrown to? Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Jared Goff, but I think he can get it done here. Uh, seven and a half points is a pretty big spread. Ooh, I I agree. I, I do think the Detroit Lions cover seven and a half points is a lot, and I, I'm willing to take that. So we're going to take San Francisco for the money line, even though we're not taking the bet. Detroit plus seven and a half, and we're going to be taking the over 45 and a half, um, over under that is currently at 45. But again, if we're taking the over 45 and a half, we're going to take the over 45. Um, and that gives an implied point total of 15 and a quarter for the Detroit Lions and 22 and three quarters for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I am not going to take this over. I do not agree with this one. I'm going to take the under. It's going to be a low scoring game, I think. I think I I mean, I already talked about how Detroit. I don't know how they score. San Francisco, sure, they're they're probably going to score Debo Ayuk, Moster, um, Trey. You, you know they'll they'll get points, but they're not going to have to. It's not going to be a competitive a competitive enough game to warrant you know going back and forth trading these points. So I think it's going to be relatively one sided. I think San Francisco has a, a solid defense. Um, I would personally take the under for this, but the model is choosing the over. All right, I think that puts us at about halfway. So we're going to run through the second half here. And we are going with the Seattle Seahawks versus the Indianapolis Colts. So Seattle is the away team, but they're currently two and a half point favorites with a minus 145 uh, money line, giving the Colts a plus 125 underline. And they have a, a pretty good over under of 50 points. And if we are looking at this game for the model, the model actually has the underdog of the Indianapolis Colts winning this game. Uh, I think that's a fun pick. Um, they have a, a fantastic defense. I admittedly am not the biggest fan of Carson Wentz. Uh, they lost T.Y. Hilton, but honestly, I don't think T.Y. was really going to be that big of a factor in this offense. I I like... Um, I, I like Pittman and I like, why well, can't I think of the running back J, JT? I, I like Jonathan Taylor as well. So I can see how they can put up some points um, and I can see how the defense can stop Seattle. You know, Seattle, of course, has Russ, uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, um, Chris Carson, probably starting in, in the backfield. So um, while I think Seattle has a, a decent uh, offense, I don't think their defense is that great. Um, so I I would take this bet. I'm going to take the Colts money line. I think that is a fun bet. I'm not the biggest believer in the Seattle Seahawks. So yeah, I will take this underdog bet of the Indianapolis Colts at plus 125 odds. And again, that of course means I'm going to take um, the Colts plus two and a half as well. And the model agrees with me and their the model also has over 48 and a half points, which I seems like we should be happy that we locked that in at over 40, 48 and a half because the current over under is 50. So cool. That was a good bet to make while it was a little bit lower. All right. Next up, we got the Cleveland Browns versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are at home 
and they are minus six and a half point favorites with a money line of minus 275 with the Browns at plus 225. So right off the bat, not taking this money line, even though I agree with the model that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win the game. Just not enough return here. And it's football. It's the NFL. Anything can happen here. Cleveland could totally win this game. I agree that Kansas uh, Kansas City should win, um, but that uh, odds those odds are, are not good enough for me to take the bet. So uh, agree. And the model is also taking Kansas City minus six. So again, another spread that we're glad we put in these model bets in. Uh, because the current spread is at minus six and a half. So we got a little bit a uh, little bit more money there. However, I it's good that we got that in at minus six. I don't agree with it. Um, I think Cleveland is a better team than they were last year, um, admittedly. I think they are pers- are gonna they're gonna cover this spread of six and a half. I think that's a good spread. I would take them at plus six. I would take them at plus six and a half. I think this is going to be a closer game than people think. I do expect Kansas City to win, but I expect a close game. Um, And this is also a fun one. Uh, The model had over 53, so we got in this over under at 53 points, and it is currently at 54 and a half. So kind of happy that we got that in early. I know people really like closing lines as they're probably the most accurate. but if you believe in the over and you get a lower point total, cool. That's a win. That's definitely a win. So I agree with the money line. We're not taking the bet. I disagree with the spread. Um, I would take Cleveland plus six or plus six and a half, depending where you bet. And I would take uh, this over 53 uh, probably the over 54 and a half that it currently is. I, I think it's going to be a back and forth game. I think they're both really good offenses um, with solid defenses. And I think Cleveland's defense is actually what is going to keep this a close game and why I'm willing to take uh, them to cover the spread. All right, next on the slate, we got the Denver Broncos versus the New York Giants. The Denver Broncos are away favorites at minus three points. They have a money line of minus 60 uh, with the New York Giants at a plus 140 money line and a low. This is the lowest. This is the lowest over under at 41 and a half points, um, which makes a ton of sense. Uh, I don't think either of these teams are very high powered. Love Saquon Barkley. He should get literally all of the work for the Giants. Um, on the other side of the ball, you got Jerry Judy, you got Cortland Sutton coming back. Uh, Melvin Gordon's probably the starting running back with Javante as backup, but I can see that easily becoming a 50 50 split and Javante taking over later in the season. Uh, so looking at the model again, this is a, a, a fun pick. The model is taking the New York giants to win outright. Uh, I would take that as well. I don't, there's nothing special about the Denver Broncos. Um, there's nothing special about the New York Giants except Saquon Barkley. But I I think that New York can do it. And I think that's a good enough line for me to take this bet at the plus 140 odds. And again, if we're taking the underdog, we're also taking the underdog to cover the spread. And the model agrees with me. Uh, so that is going to be New York 
Giants at plus two and a half points. And they're actually currently plus three points. So uh, go take that if you can. Um, now, the over-under is the same as when we made the bet at 41 and a half points. And the model is picking the over for this game, giving the Denver Broncos 20 and three quarter points and the Giants 18 and one quarter points. Uh, this, <laughs> I think this game's probably going to be a mess, but usually a mess means that they're going to score a decent amount of points. Uh, 41 and a half is a really low over under. I would take that over as well. I agree with the model. So we're taking the Giants to win, Giants to cover, and over 41 and a half points. All right, the next game is going to be a fun one. Uh, we got the Green Bay Packers against the New Orleans Saints. Green Bay is currently a four and a half uh, favorite with a minus 210 money line. Saints are at a plus 175 underline, which only makes the models pick way more fun. And there is a, a over under of 50 points. So as I kind of hinted to here, the model is taking the Saints to beat the Green Bay Packers. Um, this is ballsy and I, I actually really like it. Um, those plus 175 odds is fantastic. Now, even though, uh, the New Orleans, New Orleans Saints are considered, uh, the home team, I looks like they're playing in Jacksonville due to the hurricane down in New Orleans right now. So is it really a home game? Probably not. Uh, does that really matter? Who knows that it might matter to them. It obviously matters to the fans, but um, taking the New Orleans Saints money line is a difficult thing to do. The The odds make it uh, a little bit easier to take. But if we think about this, so Jameis is named the starter. But what does that mean in New Orleans? Does that really mean he's going to play every snap under center? No way. Drew Brees didn't play every snap under center. They're going to bring in Taysom Hill. He's going to be the gadget guy. Um, but it might be a, a closer split than it was when Drew Brees was playing. It it absolutely will, actually. So it might be, you know, 70-30 Jameis under center. Um, remains to be seen, I guess. Uh, the wide receivers right now with Michael Thomas injured, it's Traquan Smith and everyone else. And really, it, it's Alpha Camara and everyone else. So this is um, this is a tough one to take. I think it's fun. I don't have the plums to actually take this money line uh, with how I expect Green Bay to play this entire season. So this is one I'm not going to take. Although I am interested in this outcome. Um, so since the Saints took uh, the money line. For the model, uh, we're also going to take, well, I'm not going to take, the model's going to take New Orleans plus four and a half points. Uh, I personally would take Green Bay minus four, four and a half. Uh, they are the much scarier team with Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. Uh, even A.J. Dillon is, is a threat. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. I personally would take Green Bay minus four and a half. But I do agree with the model here that it will be over 50 points. I think the Green Bay Packers have maybe the highest powered offense 
Uh, it's easy to say the the Chiefs are, but at least in the NFC, the Green Bay Packers are probably the highest powered offense. You can put Tampa probably right behind them. So I agree this should be a high scoring game. The Saints are going to have to pass it out, which means more Jameis Winston. Um, it, it take him for take him for DFS. I think Jameis is going to be a cheap buy for DF, DFS, and I think he's going to have to pass the ball. Who cares how many interceptions he he throws as long as he's getting touchdowns with it? So, model takes New Orleans Saints. Saints plus four and a half and over fifty. I am only taking the over. All right, three more games left. The next matchup is a divisional matchup between the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots. Patriots are three-point home favorites at a minus 150 money line, giving the Miami Dolphins a plus 130 underline. They have a little bit of a lower over-under with 43.5 points. And looking at what the model is picking, they actually have the Miami Dolphins beating the New England Patriots while they are the away team. This is um, a fun one. I, I keep saying this anytime it's a, it's an underdog pick, but it truly is. And it's interesting to kind of get inside the mind of the model, if you will. And as we kind of talked about on the show with Ed, and, and if, you're, if you haven't heard that, please go take a look at that if you're interested in how we constructed this machine learning model. Uh, but we we talked about how a lot of the data we use is based on historical data. And we did that for a few reasons. One, we didn't really want to focus and keep having to update the model in terms of features for things that change during the season. We think that's a poor way to construct a model. And it's not a great thing to keep tweaking a model as they are pretty fragile. And we might end up actually making a worse model if we base it off that. So a lot of this is based off of historical data. And as we know, last year was not the best season for the Patriots. They ended up doing okay, but without Tom Brady, they really took a a dive. Um, And on the complete opposite side of that, the Miami Dolphins did really well. I think their defense is really good, even though for some reason everyone wants to leave Miami. Um, But their defense is, is pretty solid. Now, on the offensive side of the ball for Miami, I don't like Tua at all. Uh, I personally do not think he should probably be a starter at the moment. Maybe he just hasn't been able to show it. But when they benched Fitzpatrick for Tua, that was the biggest mistake they made the entire season. Because I really do think if Fitz would have stayed, they would have made it to playoffs. Tua just doesn't have that oomph yet that Fitzpatrick does. Um, And maybe that will come with time, but at the moment, I'm not a big Tua fan. Um, He he, he just isn't there yet. Now, hopefully he takes a step forward this year. That's yet to be determined. But we're going to have a second-year player in Tua face off against Mac Jones, a rookie. Now, at this moment, I talked about Mac Jones – winning offensive rookie of the year. And I think that is a solid pick, which also means I think he is better than Tua. I think he's on, he has a better coaching staff behind him with Bill Belichick, obviously. Now, do I think the Miami Dolphins have enough to beat the New England Patriots? 
I, I don't. I do not think they do at this moment. Last year with Fitz, when Cam was the quarterback in New England, when a lot of players through the New England defense opted out for COVID, then yeah, I would. Miami would be my pick. But at this time, with Tua under center, uh, with New England back to their full defense with a new quarterback um, under center, they got rid of Sony Michelle, so Damian Harris is going to be the guy, and he should have been last year. He looks so much better. So with all that said, and they're playing at Gillette Stadium, I cannot bring myself to take the Miami money line here, but let's see what the model knows that I don't. Uh, would I take Miami plus three, though, like the model did? Man, <laughs> this is tough. Um, I personally probably would not take this bet at all just because of how close I believe it to be. Um, the current odds uh, are minus 120 for plus three Miami and even money for minus three New England. So that that's pretty interesting there that a lot of the money is going towards the plus three of the Miami Dolphins side. So, yeah, that's the one I am going to stay away from. Uh, however, I will agree with the model here with an over of uh, 43 and a half points. I think it's a low over under implied point total of 18 and three quarters for the Dolphins and 21 and three quarters for New England. Uh, it It's just a low over under, so I can see them uh, hitting that one. But that's the only one I am going to take here. I'm not taking the money line, not taking Miami plus three, but I will take the over 43 and a half. This is why I shouldn't do a show by myself. I'm talking too much and I'm just losing my voice here. If you can, if you can tell, but two more teams, we can do it. Let's push through. Uh, second to last matchup we got here is the Chicago bears against the Los Angeles Rams. And I said earlier that uh, there was a tie for the biggest spread with at seven and a half points. This is the other one. The Los Angeles Rams are minus seven and a half point favorites with a minus three sixty money line. So as you guessed it, we will not take this money line at all. It is simply not worth it. The Bears are at plus 280, and the over-under is at 46 points. So looking at the model picks, the model picks the Rams to win, as it should. That 100% is who should win this game, but the odds are not worth it. So agree in the pick, won't take the bet. However, they think Chicago is going to cover this seven and a half point spread. And I, I think that's fair. I think that is fair. These seven and a half points is uh, a lot. Uh, actually, now that I'm looking at it, this was also it was a three way tie between Tampa Bay, uh, the Detroit 49ers game for the seven and a half point spread. So there were three teams. Um, but I think this spread is uh, big enough that I'm willing to give the Bears those seven and a half points. I like Allen Robinson a lot. I like David Montgomery a lot. Maybe that's a fantasy thing. Uh, but what I don't like is Andy Dalton. I think he is a mediocre quarterback, even when he was the starter for the Bengals all those years. He was just middle of the middle of the mall. That is who Andy Dalton was and is. And honestly, he's getting shipped out of the mall. Justin Fields should be the starter, and I don't know why they're playing this stupid game. Um, so yes, Rams money line, Chicago seven and a half uh is is what the the model takes. And uh, 
I'll take that. I'll, I'll take Chicago seven and a half. I think, I think that's fair. Uh, and this was the only other game that had an under. Uh, so they, the current over under is 46 and a half points. Uh, but when we made these bets, we took under 44 and a half. Well, the model took under 44 and a half, uh, which means they're coming up in how high they think this game's going to be. So looking at the minus 44 and a half, uh, when we took the bet, gave an implied point total of 14.75 for the Bears and 22 and a quarter for the Rams. Um, completely disagree with this one. Uh, I think the Rams will put up a lot of points and the Bears will not. But with this low over under a 44 and a half, I think it's easy to see the Rams getting, you know, 28 points, maybe in that 30 range and then. That only means that the Bears have to get two scores, which they, they should be able to manage that, right? So our final game of the week, Monday Night Football, we got the Baltimore Ravens in Las Vegas against the Raiders. The Ra- the Ravens are minus four and a half point favorites with a minus 210 uh, money line, giving the Raiders a plus 175 money line and an over under of 51 points. So looking here, the model, Totally on point here. Uh, Picking the Ravens for the money line, not a bet we're going to make at minus 210. Just not worth it. Uh, Also has the Ravens covering the spread at four and a half. Love it. Completely agree. I'm not a huge fan of the Raiders. I love Darren Waller. I don't love Derek Carr. Um, He is, he's kind of similar to Andy Dalton, middle of them all. Uh, so I, I don't believe in them. I think it might be tough for them to score here against this Ravens defense. So uh, I think it's going to be a one-sided affair, leaving Baltimore to cover the spread at four and a half. So with the over-under, the model is taking, again, the over, uh, over 51 points. So that is giving the Ravens 25 and a half points and the Raiders 21 points. Um yeah, I just because of how one-sided I think this game's going to be, I don't think it's really going to be too competitive. I don't think the over is going to hit. I personally would take the under. Um, this is a little high, I think. Um, it might be all Ravens. The Raiders are definitely going to have to pass it out. So, you know, get get your Waller. DFS picks in. He's obviously already in your starting lineup if you're doing season-long fantasy football. Uh, but that's about it. I don't see the Raiders scoring all that often. And so that's why I would take the under 51 points. So to recap, we're taking the Baltimore Ravens to win the game, but we are not betting that money line. Uh, we are taking the Baltimore minus four and a half spread. And we're not taking the over 51 points. I would personally take the under, but the model is taking over. So that is where I disagree with the model. We did it. That is all of week one. So if you want to follow these picks, the easiest way to do it is probably on Action Network. You can follow the model at Action Network at SWTN underscore model. Uh, there's also links in the descriptions everywhere. If you want to follow my picks, I am Fantasy on Action Network, and that's P Y A N T A S Y, and that's 
Uh, so that's my name on Action Network. I'll also have a link there in the description. You can also look at all of our bets on our website, sleepingwiththenumbers.com. Go to the bets page. There's a little spreadsheet, and that will have all of our bets, my bets, Pat's bets, the model bets. Um, those will all be located on our website. If you want to check it out there, uh, be sure to follow us. We're on Twitter at SWTN underscore model. We're on Instagram at sleeping with the numbers, all one word. And of course, we're on YouTube. Uh, it is sleeping with the numbers. You'll have to search for us in the search bar uh, because we do not have a unique URL yet. Uh, but hopefully one day we get there. So thank you for listening to me ramble about all of these picks. Sorry, I lost my voice about three quarters of the way through there. Um, we're going to bring on another friend for the next show for Friday. And that's going to be a uh, show where I'm going to do DFS lineups. I'm going to answer some fantasy football questions off of the fantasy football subreddit. And then my friend is going to be there. Uh, he's really big in the prop bets, So we're going to talk about those as well. So thank you for listening and we'll see you on Friday.